So just so you guys know, I'll give this back here so I don't push it off. The setup team had a full, what, like nine to ten minutes to set all this up. There was an exam in here beforehand, and it kept going longer and longer and longer. So let's give it up for the setup team. What an amazing job that they did. Hold on. in a very short amount of time. It shows the skill that they have. I mean, this was all done in 10 minutes. That's so impressive. You know what, I think it's impressive enough that they should all be treated to free tacos tonight. What do we think about? Neil, can you, are we gonna take him to free tacos? Free tacos it is, so ta tacos after this uh, for the setup team. So, you guys, welcome to Thursday Night Challenge, but I have bad news. Welcome to the last Thursday Night Challenge of this semester, of this year. I'm so sorry. But actually, it's okay. I have even more bad news. The last year for this, the last Thursday Night Challenge of the year for the seniors of their entire USC career. How sad. But we have good news. We're going to hear from those very seniors. We are. For the second time, we're going to hear from a different group of seniors. And um, these are seniors who, like for many of us here, this senior class, honestly speaking, has been so special in a lot of ways. And um, when I first was involved with leading a challenge, I helped lead Freshman Connection. This was the first class. Um, so it was very amazing and just kind of emotional even to see these seniors um, be able to stand up here and give so much wisdom to um, all of us here. So we are so proud of you guys, of all the seniors. You guys have done an amazing job. And, and all of it through COVID, honestly, thrown right in the middle of it as well. So you guys have done a fantastic job. So to that end, we're going to welcome up the seniors, starting with one man who very recently biked to San Diego and back. So is very apt to be able to speak on this topic tonight. Please welcome up Brian Stowe speaking about endurance. Thank you. Thank you. All right, what a what a fun weekend. Uh, so this year has had its challenges, but there are two in particular that I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life. Last semester, I had the opportunity to race two full-distance triathlons. A full-distance race, also known as an Ironman, is a 2.4-mile swim directly into a 112-mile bike ride finished with a full marathon, 26.2-mile run. Um, within uh, my division, I got fifth place at Ironman Wisconsin and third place at Ironman Florida. But this all started a little less than two years ago. I got a call from my freshman year roommate uh, who said, Brian, I just signed up for Ironman Wisconsin, and I want you to do it with me. I immediately told him, absolutely not. This <laughs> is not something I'm capable of doing, and I wish you the best. But he immediately responded, what do you mean you can't do it? Of course you can do it. So before I even considered to do what he had asked, um, I was bombarded with a wave of negative thoughts and self-doubt. Uh, thoughts about how uncomfortable it would make me, how difficult it would be, how much it would hurt, and how much sacrifice it would take to commit to this. Uh, my first half of college, I struggled with a very similar lie, but this time it was about following Jesus. I went to Freshman Connection, met up with uh, Diego, the Freshman Connection leader, and was completely amazed by his life and some of the other uh, guys on the ministry team at the time. But I was telling myself that I uh, would never be able to fully surrender my life to Christ uh, because of how uncomfortable it would make me, how difficult it would be, how much it would hurt, and the sacrifice it would take. So this lie prevented me from living in the freedom that had been won for me. I love the way that 2 Corinthians 10.5 puts it. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought, so that means there's nothing free-flowing through our minds anymore because we have the power of the finished work of Christ to demolish strongholds and every pretense in our mind that sets itself up against the knowledge of Jesus. Uh, Fast-forwarding about six months after I began uh, the Ironman training, uh, it was time for the first race-specific workout. So it was 105 miles on the bike followed by a six-mile run. It was a really hot day, and I was about 60 miles into the bike ride heading up 
the steepest part of the Santa Monica Mountains. My legs were just getting smashed. Uh, I was in a ton of pain and I unclipped from my pedals and was just in tears and crying on the side of the road by myself, thinking I was barely halfway through um, a Ironman leg bike ride and I was supposed to be in good enough shape to run a marathon after this in just a few months time. Uh, amidst the emotions and pain of the situation, uh, the word of God came to me in Joshua 1.5 where it says, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. This uh, particular situation reminded me of the season after conquering the lies I told myself before and making the decision to fully uh, surrender to Jesus. I felt a brief touch of the weight of the consequences of not living a surrendered life. But it was a season of healing and restoration and knowing that God was with me every step of the way is literally what put me, uh, pulled, carried me through that situation and season of life. And finally, over the course of an Ironman, there's a point where uh, your body just physically shuts down and it's up to your mental perseverance and strength to keep pushing. It, Ironman Florida, that was mile 19 of the run for me after a strong 2.4 mile ocean swim, a solid 112 mile bike ride and 19 miles of running. I was just done. I'd had it and I thought I might collapse right there if I wasn't super focused on the task at hand. But a few minutes later, after running through mile 20, my two uh, friends that were there with me, uh, not racing, but just there for support, uh, were yelling at me to run faster, having <laughs> no idea what kind of pain I was experiencing at the time. Uh, they said, you're in fourth place, and you're four minutes down from the guy in third. And so I immediately started doing the math in my head. It didn't sound like much, but 30 seconds a mile at that point in a race is just devastating. So after... <laughs> Uh, an additional six miles of grueling pain, smashing mental barriers, and an increase in tempo. I passed the Norwegian, who had been in third the majority of the run, and closed in on the finish line that was packed with hundreds of spectators. Uh, loud music and the famous Iron Man announcer who yelled the four words that everyone on the start line hopes to hear at the end of the day, Brian, you're an Iron Man. Uh, it was an incredible moment, and it really felt good to finish a race that strong, but what an absolute waste it would be if the story ended there. What God's taught me through uh, endurance races like this is the discipline and perseverance to walk with him for the rest of my life. Paul puts it this way in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 10. For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation uh, that is in Christ Jesus and with it eternal glory. Uh, the two main things that have really um, helped me grow in my time in college is not believing the lies that the enemy has placed in my head, whether it was the lie that I didn't have what it took to complete an Ironman or uh, that I would be unable to fully surrender my life to Christ. Both were lies and just had no business being in my head. Drawing near to community has really been instrumental uh, when I had to suck it up on that first uh, hot, painful bike run workout with tears running down my face. I needed encouragement that I still had what it took. Uh, I talked to Ben later that day who said, you, you can still do it. And so I did the same workout uh, the next week and the next 16 weeks after that. Um, so we can't do this alone and community is what we were made for and we're gonna suffer without it. Um, so going off of this, there's gonna be challenges that look, seem, or feel impossible, but knowing that God is with us right there every step of the way is what's going to carry us through. And when our race is done, he'll have six words that won't even be comparable to the four. Uh, I heard at the end of the Iron Man in the same universe, and those will be well done, good, and faithful servant. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. Now let's welcome up Kaleo Lee talking about excitement for God. Mates, I'm going to pray real quick. Um, Father God, <sighs> Lord, would you do what only you could do? God, uh, we want more of you. Um, we want to see your power, and we want to hear from you, uh, not from me. Uh, God, please help. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'm going to hop right into it. Guys, I think that God is underrated. Um, I, I think it's true. I, I, I look around, and I think I, I just see people get so excited about different things, and I feel like it's not the same with God. Like, like, like who's watching the playoffs right now? NBA playoffs? Okay, okay, we saw some hands. Maybe you're sheepish because of the way I started that, but uh, I know in my life group, I, like, we, we won't be ashamed. We, we get pretty hyped about the playoffs in my life group. Um, <laughs> I see some fist bumps there, yes. Um, with food, I feel like, man, with the Popeye's chicken sandwich, people are, like, losing their minds. Um, 
And recently, I feel like people have really been evangelizing me with the anime thing. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm not here to say, like, oh, like, don't enjoy these things. Like, God wants you to enjoy these gifts. But um, when, when I've read the Bible, I just was wondering, like, man, like, I feel like there's just so much more to God. There's so much more excitement there. Um, and so I wanted to share, like, my journey with that or just a little um, bit of that. And so first, I want to start with a verse, if we could go, uh, or two verses. And these have been huge in my life. It's Ephesians 3. 20 through 21 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Man, why are people like not like bouncing off the walls right now? Like that is so incredible. Um, no, no, no. Like, like you guys don't need to bounce off the walls. Like I don't think God wants you to bounce off the walls. I'm not bouncing off the walls. Um, but I do think that God wants us to really like, like dig in here and see like what is this saying. Um, so if we go to the next one, it says far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think. Far more abundantly. Like, like where are my creative majors at? Like, like you're in some sort of creative field. Um, okay, sweet, sweet. And like my engineers and like, like I think that y'all can think of some like amazing, incredible things. And I think collectively, if you combined all of the creative thoughts and like all of the just wild thoughts in this room, like they would be amazing. And it's not even close. It's just not even close. You put all of our thoughts together, they're not even close. God could do far more abundantly than that. And, and so now I, I just want to share a little bit of my story because I grew up in the church and, and I heard these things and it's like, man, like, yeah, like they say that, but like, like that's not in my heart. You know, like I don't walk around every day like, man, like, God could do far more abundantly, like, I'm just on top of the world, like, like, that's not true, like, I wake up in the morning, like, everyone else some mornings, and I'm like, ooh, like, 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 that is the reality, like, I live, um, but, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, but, um, man, like, I just, like, I wanted that, like, I wanted to know, like, God, who are you, God, who are you? Like, are you really that good? Like, like do you really love me that much? And I, I don't have the testimony, or at least I didn't think that I had the testimony of like, yo, I was just totally gone. Like, like world thought that I, I didn't stand a chance, and Jesus just totally changed me. Um, like, I gave my life to Christ at a very young age, like grew up in the church, and then the attendance was spotty. Um, but like, I was, just, I was like, like, I came to college, and I was like, I want to know, like, who is this Jesus guy? Um, and if we go to the next slide, uh, this happened my, my it's probably going to be hard to read. Uh, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, <laughs> so my, my spring semester, uh, starting in January, I started writing in a journal. I said, today I want to fall in love with the Lord Jesus. Some mornings I'd make it, some mornings I wouldn't. Um, but that became a prayer for me. And I prayed that through, I think, like, like late March. Um, and some days I still pray that. And I was like, God, I just, like, like, I see these other people, they, they seem to be in love with you, but I just don't feel that. And, like, I want to fall in love with you. Like, I want to be excited for you, God. And I could just stand before you and say, like, God answered that. I, I will sit in my room um, when David's not there, and I, I will just, like, think about what God has done. Um, and, and I will cry, and, and I, I will lift up my hands, and I will praise God. Um, and, and I will be back here and challenge, and I will... I will feel that, that, man, like, I was made for this. Like, I was made to worship God. Like, like there's so much more to God. And, and this idea of, um, man, I, I was almost afraid, you know, because here it was like God was doing all these things. I was part of Challenge, and, and, and I was like, man, is this as good as it gets? Like, like these four years of college? Um, and part of that was, like, COVID. I was like, man, I hope that's not true. Um, and, and if I've learned things about God, like, like I know that, that Jesus has more in store. Like, there is more to God. He can do far more abundantly in your life, and he has done far more abundantly in my life, and I'm so, like, looking forward to more. And so I, I've got just one really key, like, practical thing for y'all. Um, that's to ask, seek, and knock for more of Jesus. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard the song. It's like, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control, because I want more of you, God. Okay, so I'm not a worship team. I'm sorry about that, that y'all endured that for me. But it, a while back, that, that clicked for me. Um, because I, I felt like I couldn't honestly say, like, I want more of you, God. That wasn't the status of my heart. Um, but that, that became a prayer, too, of, like, God, like, I, I want more of you. Like, I, I don't know what that entails, but, but I want more. And if you're in that place, like, like, this lands in different places. Maybe you don't know who Jesus is. Um, someone invited you, or you're just coming to check this out. Like, man, like, ask people questions um, and, and pray. Like, like, you may not even know who God is, but, but just say, like, God, whoever you are, like, would you show yourself to me? Um, and if you are a Christian and you're like, man, like, I, like, want that. Like, I want to experience you more fully, God. Like, I want to know what you have in store. Um, my prayer for you is that, that, 
that someone's going to hear this, and they're going to go and they're, they're going to go back to their apartment tonight. They're going to get on their knees and they're going to say, "God, like I want more of you," and then they're going to keep doing it um, because this verse says, "Ask and you will receive; seek and you will find; knock and it will be open to you." Um, and no one knocks like once. You know, you, you don't just go and like dun, like like no like we try to get cute with it, right? We go dun 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 like. So I would just encourage you, like man, like please. Um, Ask God to reveal himself to you. Um, ask him for more of himself. Uh, it could be one of the best prayers you ever pray. Um, so, thank y'all. Thank you, Kaleo. Now let's welcome up Winfield Zhao, speaking about surrendering your will to God. All right, thank you so much. Um, so hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Winfield. Um, I'm a current senior uh, here at USC studying biomedical engineering with a minor, yeah, uh, with a minor in computer programming. And tonight, the title of my talk is Surrendering Your Will to God. Growing up in an Asian household, academics were a huge part of my life. Um, I went into college with a classic freshman mindset um, to excel at my classes and to do lots of extracurricular activities. Um, and many of my decisions were surrounded um, around being the top student in my major, um, and I was comparing myself to my classmates a lot. And it was really this mindset that drove me to uh, my junior year, my second semester, so about a year ago today, um, which was the most stressful and anxiety-inducing period of my life. So to give you a brief snapshot, during that time, um, I was taking a full 18-unit course load of engineering and pre-med classes. Um, I was also driving my own research project in the research lab that I was in, organizing professional events for my BME club, TAing for a Java programming class and several other involvements, all while pretending like everything was just like okay on the outside, when it really it wasn't. Um, just three weeks into the semester, I began feeling constantly anxious from the stress and the pressure of managing all the commitments I had made. On January 24th, 2022, I wrote in my journal, Lord, I pray for these feelings of anxiety and hopelessness. Not sure what's causing it, but I just feel paralyzed from having to balance all these involvements. I quickly realized that I had placed so much of my identity and my self-worth in my academic success and accomplishments, it had started to affect me mentally. On February 11th, 2022, I opened my Bible to Ecclesiastes and read the following from King Solomon. If we could go to the next slide. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. And that was me when I read this. I, I really related to that. I was constantly clawing to surpass others, but every time I excelled in my classes for a semester, there was a new semester coming up. Every time I published research, there was more work to be done in the lab. Every time I received an award, my eyes were set on more and more recognition from others. Nothing was ever enough. It really was vanity and a striving after wind. So that morning I wrote in my journal, I put so much emphasis on achieving the accolades of this world and just now realizing how empty it is. I heard in college growing up the need to surrender to Jesus, and I believed I did that when I accepted Jesus prior to coming to college. But in that moment, I realized that I had not surrendered all aspects to Jesus, including my grades, my extracurricular activities, and my ambition to be the best in my class. It was when I experienced the pain of not surrendering my whole life to Jesus did I understand the importance of it. So why is surrender important? I'll give you three main points. Number one is that we find everlasting fulfillment in Jesus, not ourselves. John, in John chapter 4, verse uh, 13 through 14, Jesus tells the Samaritan woman that everyone who drinks of this water that will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. And number two is that Jesus himself surrendered. Matthew 26, 39 describes the days leading up to Jesus' death, um, inevitable crucifixion. And here Jesus says, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And by cup, Jesus refers to his death, and he pleads with God the Father to not die. And yet he surrenders his desires to follow God's plan for him. And number three is that Jesus straight up tells us to. In Luke chapter 9, 23 through 24, Jesus says, And he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his daily cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. If we truly are followers of Jesus, surrender of our personal desires is a command to follow. Isn't it amazing that Jesus never asks us to do anything that he didn't do himself? So are you weary and burnt out from the ways that you're living your life? Have you experienced the dissatisfaction of chasing after your own desires? I felt the same way. Even if those questions didn't resonate with you, 
there are still areas of all, in all of our lives that we need to let go to further solidify Jesus at the center of our lives. So to close, I'd like to share some steps that I took to surrender my ambitions, that is, for uh, worldly success. Uh, number one is to understand what to surrender to God, and this can be really difficult because it can come in a variety of forms. Uh, it can be a job or an internship position, a relationship that you're seeking, your parents' approval, recognition from your peers, desire for wealth. Um, for me, all I had to do was look at my calendar, and my obsession for personal success was so obvious based on how I manage my time. So maybe look at your calendar, see what you're investing your time in. And two is to ask yourself, what's driving my decisions? What's really, what's really the reason I'm doing this, this thing that I'm doing? And number three is to ask uh, friends for their insight. Um, sometimes an outside perspective can really expose areas of your life that you don't see. Number two is to pray consistently that God would change your heart. Proverbs 4.23, oops, sorry, this mic. Uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. Um, and don't just pray once, pray incessantly. March 30th, 2022, I prayed, God, please reveal to me how I can deny myself to live for you, to learn to trust you with all of my heart. April 23rd, 2022, Lord, help me to continue to deny myself daily. May 19th, 2022, help me to live for you more. July 23rd, 2022, change my heart, O oh Lord. August 7th, 2022, let me to love you more, to crave you more, to always want to be in your presence. Pray until you have a sincere desire to do all things to glorify him and not for your own reasons. After months of prayer with how I wanted to live my life during my final year of college, I decided last fall to live not for myself, but for Jesus. Um, to prioritize my relationship with him and my relationship with others who would push me um, in my faith. Ever since truly moving Jesus to the center of my life, I've been more jo uh, joyful and less anxious uh, because I know my future is secure in God's hands and that my self-worth um, is not dependent upon my work. I still work hard in my major, but I do so out of a heart to steward well the responsibilities that God has given me, not for like strengthening my resume. And it's not wrong you know, to value worldly success, but for me, it really was an obsession that at, to, at times took precedent uh, over a lot of areas of my life, including my faith in God. Um, last semester, I struggled with whether taking a step back from involvements uh, that I formerly treasured was the right call. But on January 9th, 2023, I journaled, I gave up the worldly ambitions so I could learn to love you more, to have a passion for you, O Lord. Though I let go of the part of me that fervently sought for uh, worldly success, I gained a genuine love and relationship with Jesus and real friendships and community. When I'm reminded of that reality, I'm comforted in my decision, knowing that I was just being obedient to Jesus. God really changed my heart, and he can change yours too. So why live for yourself when you can live for an all-knowing, all-loving God who desires to lead your life? What he calls you to do is to surrender. So choose to live your life for Jesus because he lived his whole entire life for you. Thank you. All right, now let's welcome up Aislinn Knight, speaking about trusting God with your future. Hi, I'll just pull up my notes real quick. Okay, so my name's Aislinn, um, and I'm gonna be talking about how to trust God with your future. Honestly, this is something that is not always easy for me, but I really believe that God has used this last year to grow me in this area. I'm just keep looked like for me. This past winter break was a very difficult time for me. I had just finished applying to physical therapy school, which was super exciting, but at the same time, was full of a lot of uncertainties. And on top of that, I was going home for break to a lot of brokenness in my family. I uh, have watched my dad struggle with mental illness and addiction throughout most of my life, and he really was reaching a point with his condition that was worse it had been in a long time when I went home. And on top of that, um, my grandmother had gotten really sick and was in the hospital. So all that just to say that I started 2023 in a place where I was really heartbroken. I was concerned about my family, and I was uncertain about what my life was going to look like after graduating USC, um, what my community was going to be like, and just lots of different aspects of that. Um, but thankfully, I was able to lean into God for comfort, and he's been able to provide me a peace and a relief from anxiety that is beyond any explanation that I gave all of you. Um, and 
So now I know where I'm going to PT school next year. I'll be in Seattle, which I'm really excited about. But there are other difficult things in my life that haven't been completely resolved yet. So I still choose daily to lean into God and accept his peace in my life. And so I would just like to share with you guys four things that have really helped me with that. So that way, hopefully, you can choose to lean into God and trust him with your future as well with whatever you're facing. Um, so my first tip is to remember who God is. So if you're going to trust God, you need to understand why he's trustworthy. Uh, the Bible very clearly tells us that he's loving, he's faithful, he's a provider, he's sovereign, he's selfless, he's consistent, and he's just, and he knows us better than anyone because he's the one who created us. Now, when we take all of that into consideration, we can trust that God has our best interests at heart. He has a plan for each and every single one of us, and because he's loving, we can trust that his plan is for the best. Um, my second tip for you is to give your time to him and his people. Um, so part of trusting God with your future is trusting God with your time now. Um, and I know that as college students, it's really tempting for us to just fill our schedule with so many different activities, so much work to make ourselves a better grad school applicant, um, a better job applicant. Um, but if you're not leaving space in your schedule to get to know God and the people around you, then you're really missing out on one of the best parts of life. Um, so uh, a tip I'd like to give you specific to this is to really dedicate time to getting to know God through reading his word and through prayer um, and also going to church and plugging into community through life group, through challenge. Um, those things might feel like a waste of time some days because you have so much to do, but I can tell you that really prioritizing those things in my schedule have helped me learn how to trust God so much more and it's filled my life with a lot of peace and joy and gives me um, the refreshment I need to be able to face difficulties and responsibilities in life day to day. Uh, also, uh, making sure that you're intentional about spending time with people is really important as one of the greatest things God has called us to do is to love one another. Uh, we see a lot of examples in the Bible of how Jesus was very busy going from place to place, but he always made time to stop and be there for people who were in need. So I want you to ask yourself, uh, are you making yourself available for those who are around you? And not only that, but are you trusting that God will still get you to where you really need to be in the long run, even if you're stopping for the sake of others along the way? Uh, my third tip for you is to be patient. Um, I know it's really hard to trust God when things are slow, unchanging, or painful. You know, maybe you're just really burnt out and you want to skip to graduation, or in more seriousness, you're dealing with a really deep hurt, or maybe somebody you love is dealing with a really deep hurt. It seems like it'll never get better. I just want to encourage you to hold on and lean into God. Uh, most growth and progress in life is very slow, and God is always working through that all, even when you can't feel it. Uh, so there's a few verses I want to share with you guys that have really helped me in this area. Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Uh, James 1, 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may per be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And my fourth tip for you is to hold your dreams and plans with open hands. Um, so, you can come to God with all of your hopes and plans for the future. You know, he's our friend. We can talk to him about all these wonderful things. But we also have to accept the fact that he might have different plans for our life. And that is completely okay. Um, that's something that I've struggled with. I've faced a lot of disappointment with things not going the way that I wanted them to. But I've also found that some of the best things that have happened in my life were things I did not originally plan. And one of those things includes joining Challenge, uh, which I'm so thankful for. And so um, I really believe that God's plan for my life is better than anything I could ever come up with on my own. Um, and I found a lot of peace by just going to God with all these things that I want to happen in the future and just releasing them to him and being open to whatever he has for me. Um, I have a quote at the bottom of this that's from Pastor Jeremy at Reality LA. I really like it. He says that we should make our plans in pencil because God's plans are written in stone. So just to recap all of that, four tips for how to trust God with your future. First, you need to remember who he is. Second, you need to give your time to him and his people. Third, you need to be patient. And lastly, hold your dreams and plans with open hands. Um, 
I hope that's helpful. If you have questions about any of that, I will talk to you. Thank you. All right, thank you so much, Aislinn. Now let's welcome up Mackenzie Ryerson. Welcome. Speaking about how God is unchanging. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Mackenzie, um, and I'm actually not a senior. I'm a grad student, so this is only my second year in challenge. Um, so I really haven't been here that long, but I have been really fortunate in such a short time to have met people who really genuinely care about me and um, have invested in me so well. Um, and I'm really grateful for that, but especially so because that was not my experience in undergrad. Um, when I was an undergrad, I had a really hard time finding people that I connected with. Um, I had a really hard time like making friends. Um, and even the few friendships that I did have were very surface level. So I spent a lot of my time alone. And um, there were lots of times when I would go like full days without ever having a conversation with anyone. Um, and that was really hard. Um, and then even in my senior year there, I really, really, um, I started to get really bad like social anxiety where I would just like, like cry at the thought of even like having to leave my room. Like it was so scary. Um, so as a result, I essentially spent four entire years of my life really lonely and really sad and just generally hopeless. And I, I vividly remember in my last year there feeling that I had like nothing in life to like look forward to, like I had no hope for my life. Um, and now in the years since then, my situation is like completely the opposite. Um, I found such a loving, intentional community that really cares about me. Um, I've never felt more seen or more known than I do right now. Um, I have hope for my future. I have more things going for me right now than I've ever had in my entire life, in friendship, in community, in my career, just like in every area. Um, and yet, if I tried, I could still point out pretty easily things in my life that aren't really the way that I would like them to be. Um, I have family relationships that are strained or distant. Um, there's a part of me as a soon-to-be graduate that's like, shouldn't you have done this already? Like, you graduated years ago. How are you just getting started now? Like, I start to feel like I'm behind everyone else that's my own age. Like, I start to feel delayed. Um, or even here in Challenge, sometimes I feel like an imposter on ministry team. Like, I'm not spiritually mature enough, or I haven't been in Challenge long enough. Um, so all of that is to say, um, that your circumstances are never going to be perfect. There are gonna be times when it feels like everything's going wrong and it feels like there's no way out, the way that I felt when I was an undergrad. And then there are gonna be times when it feels like everything is finally coming together. Like you found your people, like you found your purpose, um, the way that I feel now. But there are always, always going to be aspects of your life that you wish were different. Um, if you try to measure the quality of your life with something as flimsy as your circumstances, something is always going to be off. So people change, circumstances change, but not God. God isn't like that. God does not change. You can always turn to him, and you can always trust in him. He always fulfills his word. In Luke 21, 33, Jesus says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You never have to doubt his character or his love. Um, Lamentations 3, 21 to 23 says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. So whether your life right now is feeling like you're stuck in a pit or you feel like you're the best you've ever been, um, I encourage you, I encourage myself to pursue Christ above everything else because um, turn to God for contentment, for peace, for, for fulfillment because no specific set of circumstances is ever going to give you those things, at least not in a way that lasts. Um, you don't have to live your life as a slave to your situation. So you don't need to be tossed back and forth don't settle for a life defined by your circumstances. 
God offers you so much more. Put your hope in Christ because that hope does not put us to shame. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's good. He's worthy. He's the most worthy of our trust. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. Thank you. So now let's welcome up Vinny L. Speaking about revealing is hearing, is healing. Thank you for that kind intro. That's funny. All right, can you guys do me a favor? Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, shake out your arms, get the blood pumping. We've been sitting here. We've been hearing so much good wisdom. I like, love it. High fives, stretch. Yeah, I see Christy on the wave. Love that. All right. Hello, I am Vinny, and I have a secret to confess. I am not a senior. I'm a freshman. A freshman in that I am an adult now. Uh, if you don't know me, I graduated from USC last December, and so the challenge staff is nice enough to let me hang around this great community and to share tonight. And on the topic of confessing secrets, tonight I'm going to be opening up the discussion of what does it look like to bring confession into your everyday life in a very practical sense, as well as starting to uproot lies, sin, secret, emotions, traumas from your past, and really starting to put words to that and articulating that to close people in your life that you've never spoke about in your past, because we all have secrets and they are in dark corners of our hearts. And so tonight, a warning, I'm gonna be quite transparent and vulnerable with you all, as I share just all that God has done in my life. Hopefully that by my scars, because I had wounds that God has healed, you too can believe that you can begin the healing process as well. And so to start off, uh, last August, uh, two really close friends of mine who are Challenge alumni, we decided to press into an encouragement group. And this would be very intentional of really digging into the weeds of our life and really starting to uproot and kill why we had been dealing with cycles of sin for years and years and years and years and years. It's horrible. I know we've all been there. Let's just get it out there. And so one of the things we committed to was sharing the top 10 most shameful things that we've ever done or thought of in our life. Yeah, you can probably feel the weight of that. We were scared, shame, felt shame, guilt, fear, self-conscious. And it was insane as each of us took several weeks of inviting God into our lives really being honest with ourselves first, God began to reveal so many secrets that we were even hiding from ourselves, let alone from all the people around us, especially in Christian communities. And God did such a powerful move in all of our hearts as we began to articulate through words for the first time ever, secrets that we had held really close to us. And man, the Holy Spirit just began to immediately loosen chains from our lives, broke off a lot of bondage and brokenness and sin from our lives. And it was just crazy to see how it started to impact us immediately as we started literally just saying words to each other and looking each other in the eye. And something that I really want to press into is we were able to hold the tension of, yes, my identity is in Christ, and I'm carrying a lot of baggage and, sorry, excuse my French, like crap from our past that we have never just brought to the light. And as we met each other with kindness with love, with empathy, with just being able to sit in that tension, not trying to fix each other in that moment. Just like, hey, bro, I hear you. That sounds horrible. Like, you have no idea the power of that. When you can just sit with someone after you've shared something very shameful and they just love you as Jesus love you, loves you because he will not meet you with condemnation. He will meet you with love. And so, um, so we did that. That was crazy. And for myself, one of the things that God revealed to myself as I shared my top 10, so many things started pointing back to a single point in my life. And this was back in middle school. I had, honestly, a traumatic relational fallout with my best friend. When I was 12 or 13, you, you're like, you're, you're told friends come and go like, oh yeah, my friend, he just walked out of my life. That's normal. It's not. Uh, so that had some deep wounds. And that negatively impacted how I viewed every single relationship in my life. It impacted how I viewed myself, God, my family, friends, especially girls. And, oh man, Winfield, I appreciate you sharing. 
um, and this is kind of impromptu, but one of the things I have very much dealt with perfectionism and performance and works, God revealed that one of the root causes of that was because I feared ever being vulnerable and letting someone so close into my life for them just to walk out. And so coming to USC, trying to get a good job, doing Marshall, all that stuff, was a way to cope of like, I can get appreciation from humans while keeping them at an arm's distance. So that was crazy. And so with that though, the, how I got to that point was God, I was driving back, back home last December. I had finished my final final. I was done with some of you seniors. Woo, you'll be done with school very soon. I was driving through Malibu and the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly. He told me, it is time. It is time to reconcile with that old best friend. And I was freaking out. I was like, no way. God just told me that. And he said, he, I, he didn't tell me, but I knew. Like, this, is, this would be a step of obedience and faith. Would I get out of my comfort zone and look this guy in the eye and ask for forgiveness? And after about two weeks, I was wrestling and bringing it to my encouragement group. And they're like, do it. I was like, Ugh, okay. <laughs> but again, you will not believe, like, as... I, I took that step of faith, grabbed lunch with this guy, looked him in the eyes, asked for forgiveness, and also context from his eye, from his point of view. God met both of us immediately and like immediately brought so much healing and reconciliation, not only in my life, but also in his life. And for context, I had not had a conversation with this guy in over 12, 13 years since middle school. And this was just a couple months ago. So just crazy stuff of God really healing uh, as we confess God is faithful to heal and reconcile. And so as I bring this to a close, uh, one of my challenges for you all is to risk praying that God would bring one or two people into your life that you begin to share everything with. No filter, lay it all out there. Blah. Just like vomit it all out because we have so much built in that built up inside of us that we've just held secret. And I will share uh, me and my encouragement group, we are texting and calling almost every single day because things are constantly coming up that God is like, you need healing in here. So bring it out. Bring it to the light and watch what God can do. And again, we are not perfect. We have fallen on our face several times. And as we're met with grace and love and forgiveness, as Jesus would to you, to your shame and sin, when, you're, when you can articulate that to another human being and be met with kindness, life-changing stuff. And so... Um, with that, with that, the expectation that when you go to someone and look them in the eye and be like, hey, I'm going to share something that's really scary and really shameful. I just need you to sit with me right now. I don't need a Bible verse banded. I just need you to sit in this tension and just hear me out. Like, please just sit here with me. And in that space, then start to invite the Holy Spirit. And in his timing, he will bring healing into that, because we are very quick just to like, try to throw band-aids, scripture band-aids on things. That's not how it works. You're not going to receive deep healing, a lifetime of trauma and pain and emotions that you've built up. You're not going to, unless it's by the grace of God, you're not going to get healed in one conversation. It's a process. And so finally, I want to offer an invitation. If you guys want to just have someone to start talking to, I will be there, get my contact info. I'm know people here, uh, reach out to me. I will lead the conversation. I'll go first. I'll share more nitty-gritty, grimy details that I don't have time to share with tonight because I truly believe in the power of confession, but like deep, deep confession and just getting it out there. And so I know this is a weighty talk. I appreciate you staying engaged. I appreciate you listening. And I just think this is a very necessary conversation right now because we're just in a world of mental health and just anxiety and stress and future, it's, it's crazy out there. So I hope this has impacted you and just uh, maybe encouraging you to take a step of faith in your own life. And yeah, I appreciate you listening to, to me tonight. Thank you so much, Vinny. So finally tonight, let's welcome up David Bukowski Speaking about growing with capacity over comfort. Bukowski. Thank you, thank you. Well, it's good to be here. Uh, thank you, Vinny. That was a really excellent message. 
Um, yeah, I'll be talking to you guys about growing in uh, capacity over comfort. Um, you know, I'll just tell you straight out, the two things in growing in that is really leaning into God and leaning into others. So um, I'm going to start off with a little story, which is kind of ironic, as you'll find out soon. Um, but as many of you may or may not know, I'm in the setup team and the teardown team. Um, and there was one Thursday, I was with Steven, we were in the truck, right? Everything packed up, we're on our way. And I get a text, it's at 540, you know, we set up at 545, 4730, right? I get a text, hey David, um, there's a midterm going on from 530 to 720, what do we do? Um, my first thought was, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I remember standing there, seeing everyone kind of looking at me, like, okay, like, what now? So my first thought then there was, let's pray. So I prayed. I was like, okay, let's bring this to God. Um, so we prayed. We asked that God would strengthen us through this. We asked that he would be there with us, that he would be glorified and honored. Um, and then after we prayed, we got to work. Um, so as you know, there's a little, or some of you may know, there's a little like enclave type thing behind SGM 101. Um, and so what we decided to do is do these little like pods of like setting things up, kind of like in packets so that we'd be prepared. Uh, the worship band was practicing in this little like this alleyway corner thing. It was, it was, it was kind of funny. Um, it just looked kind of chaotic though. We're, you know, have everything there. Um, when the time 720 came around, we had like two people over there run in, you know, open the door. Um, so then we came in, brought the stuff in, plugged everything in, and by 735, by God's grace, we got everything plugged in, everything was working. So, the reason I talk about this story is that it does not end there. The point of this story is that while we were setting up, there was one person from the review session who saw us setting up, saw us, you know, scurrying around, frantically going, and, you know, he was like, what is this, like, challenge, is this some sort of, like, Christian club? And we're like, yeah, it, it is a Christian <laughs> club. <laughs> um, so we started talking to him, and he ended up staying that Thursday, um, you know, listening to what was happening. And, you know, some of the guys got connected with him, and now he's kind of connected to some of the people. And that really, you know, struck a nerve with me, well, in a good way. Um, I thought, like, you know, if that whole purpose, you know, that made us really uncomfortable, made me really stressed, if that whole purpose was for this one guy to have a seed planted so that he may know Christ better, then I thought, yeah, it was worth it. Um, I would do it again. You know, I think I almost got so focused on the task at hand that I didn't see the bigger picture there, that there are people around us, you know? I think even at USC, it's so easy to be focused on not failing in what's in front of us. I think sometimes we should be more afraid of succeeding in something that doesn't matter. Um, if you turn to Luke 22, 43 through 44, it says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like the drops of blood falling to the ground. This picture here is of Jesus before his crucifixion. He's in the garden praying earnestly. The thing is, he's stressed. Whether you believe it was blood that was actually sweating or that he was just sweating so much, like blood gushing, he was stressed. You know, he was in, in anguish, it says. But what did he do? He prayed earnestly. He went to God with that, with where he was at. An angel came and even strengthened him. And the important part, too, is that Jesus still had to do the task at hand. He still had to complete what was before him, you know, seeing the bigger picture in it all. See, I don't think that you can grow in capacity without being strengthened by God. Um, when you are in those times, whether they're uncontrolled, uncomfortable moments, or they're controlled, comfortable moments, uncomfortable moments, bring God into it. You know, earnestly seek him. Earnestly pour out your life to him and bring him into your life. Um, you know, some of you might think, well, you know, I could do that with God, and then, you know, maybe it just ends there. But it doesn't just end there. See, Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. If you ever wondered, hey, how do I fulfill the law of Christ? Well, you know, bear one another's burdens. You know, I think a lot of what Vinny talked about kind of encapsulates a lot of what it means to bear one another's burdens. You know, it doesn't just mean, oh, like, 
you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm a sinful person, pray for me. It's no, like, really get into the root of it. Really trust others. Like, give your life to them in the sense that open up, be honest, be truthful. Be honest with yourself. Be honest where you're at, you know? People can't pray for you earnestly if they don't know you, you know? So open up your life to them and trust people, you know? It's okay if you're a believer who struggles with things because we all struggle with things. But if we want to grow in our capacity, we need to open up to each other about the things that we have and then not just sit there, but then let's step into places where we can grow together. Um, you know, and in doing that, our desires won't be so much of these earthly things, but they'll be what God wants. You know, I think Paul puts it well in uh, Philippians 3, 18 through 21. He says, for as often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Let's remember that, guys. Let's not be believers who just have our minds set on these earthly things only, just set on what fills our bellies. You know, we are called to more. You know, our God is not our belly. Our God is alive in heaven right now. You know, I think as we do this, it's going to be very uncomfortable. It's going to be hard at times. There will be times, you know, like Cleo said, there will be times when you're going to feel like throwing up. You know, there will be times when I'm in bed and, you know, Cleo knows that he sees me. He's like, hey, you good? I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm good. (laughs) Um, There will be tough times. and It will be very, very uncomfortable and difficult. But, you know, if we continue to do this, if we continue to lean into God, bring our whole self to him, to others, and remember, our citizenship is in heaven. It doesn't belong here. You know, if we remember those things, then we can grow together. We can see the joys that God has for us, the bountiful work that he has planned for our lives. And we can go and run as brothers and sisters together, and we will look back after the difficult times and see the bountiful work and the fruit and say to each other, It was worth it all. Thank you. Thank you so much, David. And just a big round of applause and a big thank you to all the seniors. We love you guys so much, and you guys are going to be so missed. You guys are awesome. So why don't I just close this out in prayer, and we can invite the worship team to come back up for the last time this year. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for these seniors and all that you've done in their lives in these past four years. We pray for your hand of protection over them as they get launched out into the rest of their lives and in the real world. Um, We pray that you would bind the enemy and all of his schemes and just lavish your spirit on them so that they can continue to put into practice all that they've learned and developed during these four years in college. And pray again tonight for the younger students here that something would stir in their heart, that they look at these seniors and say, I want to be like that. And at the end of my time at USC, I want to be able to share with others about the race. Um, And as David said, that it would be so worth it. So we pray, God, for the seniors leaving. We pray for the students who are remaining here, that your work in hand would be over all of them. In Jesus' name, amen.